Hello and welcome to episode 12 of series 3 of the Bright View Life podcast. Today I am going solo, not down in Acapulco, but here in Sheffield. Do forgive me if there is a lot of rambling. It's 7 o'clock in the morning and we're going to Copenhagen next week, which is a long way away when you have small twins who have to go on a plane for the first time. Anyway, I'm on my own for good reason, and I shall come on to that shortly. Um, I do have notes, and I will be going through them, but like I say, I apologise if I go off on tangents, or do a few erms, or uts, or other sort of utterances. Um, So part of the reason I'm on my own here is because I've just launched a new project, and this new project is going to be kind of my... Well, my second main project, the podcast, this very thing you're listening to, I still consider my main project these days. But the the, the rest of the things that I do on the internet will be um, based around Chatbroom, which is a very silly name. And there were lots of alternatives like Panic Broom, Broom 101, Broom with a View, lots of them. You can play your own game if you want and send them, send your uh, ideas to me. Um... And Chatbroom is a one-man podcast, very much like this, but much shorter. So this is probably going to be about 20 minutes long, like some of the other podcasts. may even go a bit longer, I apologise if so. And I do realise that it's quite hard to listen to one person for that length of time. So Chatbroom is going to be its a bit, a bit like an audio blog, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it, rather than a podcast. So every day, more or less, probably at least three times, a, uh, sorry, not every day, every week, um, maybe three times a week, I will be um, recording a short podcast. And um, it will be on a variety of subjects, writing, definitely, um, reading, definitely, but also things like um, social media and technology and um, the state of the publishing industry, that kind of thing. So it's, it's a slightly broader range of topics, and it covers some of the things that I do in my professional life as well. So um, the things I do at work and have been doing at work for several years. Um, so I'm going to talk a bit more about Chatbroom later on, but needless to say, I have already launched it. There are a few episodes available already, and you can find them at chatbroom.com. And you can subscribe in iTunes, you can subscribe via Audioboo, which I'm using to upload and host all the files, um, and you can subscribe via RSS like you can with uh, most things. Um, So go over and check this out, but not yet, because I've got important things to say right now. Whew, okay, that's that out of the way. So previously, I have talked about on this very podcast, and I have written about it on the blog, so my blog, which is also called Write for Your Life at the moment. I shall come on to this later. Um, I've written about sacrifice, and I've talked about it quite a lot, and basically, my opinion is that, um, and this is from experience, is that in order to make anything truly great, in order to write a novel, for example, that's actually quite good, and that you put the kind of time required that uh, the time required into it, in order to make it um, something publishable, for example, um, is that you have to give a lot up in return. You have to sacrifice something, and that something is usually. Um, well, you probably have to sacrifice lots of things, and some of the things you sacrifice will probably probably be not that big a deal. 
But my experience is that there will probably be one or two things that you have to sacrifice which are actually rather quite important. So previously I talked about how wonderfully understanding my wife was when I was writing my first novel because she um, supported me 100% and if I was not coming to bed until 2 or 3 in the morning or if I was just outright grumpy because I'd had a bad day with it, um, she was perfectly understanding. But there was always this, this, this kind of understanding, I guess, in my head that I was giving something up. I was that's that's a sacrifice in you not going to bed until three o'clock in the morning is a sacrifice, especially if you have a job the following day to uh, get up for, which I did. Um but there are some things that you can't give up, is what I'm now finding. Two or three years later and I have, as I've already mentioned, as you I'm sure you know if you listen regularly, I have five month old twins. And the reality is, and it's a, it's a wonderful reality, is that you can't give up looking after your children, particularly when they're that young, uh, but at any time, of course. And you have to, if you want to do things that are not what earn you money, so I have a full-time job, that's also on the list of things I can't give up um, for obvious reasons. So anything that I do outside of work, and or despite being a published author, I am very much still, it, it's not the thing that makes me the most money by any means, as I'm sure you know and understand. Um, so the things that I do beyond those things, so beyond work and beyond looking after my children and spending time with my wife, um, are, are, are it's limited, the time is limited, and I have to be extremely choosy about it um, and being in this position for the first time and thoroughly enjoying it I might add um, I, I've been forced to assess what I really want to achieve and think about what I'm doing and not just in terms of um, my online projects but also about writing a second novel that's really what I want to do it's what I really should be doing with my time outside of work and looking after children and spending time with my wife so I've been thinking a lot over the last few months about what it is that I do and, to be quite frank, what I ought to give up in order to make all these things possible and feel like a person who doesn't live in a constant uh, in a constant kind of lake of guilt um, for not doing some of these things and, more importantly, especially when it comes to looking after children, not doing those things well. In fact, more importantly, when it comes to writing a novel, if you don't dedicate the right amount of time to it, then you won't do it well enough. So I've been thinking about these things an awful lot and I guess what you're thinking now is, well, why on earth would you start a new project, especially one with a silly name like Chaproom? Um, well, that's because I've decided that I'm going to stop writing about writing I'm going to stop writing about writing in the way that I've been writing about writing for the last four and a bit years on Write for Your Life. And I'm going to come on to the idea of blogging and why specifically I'm going to, I've chosen to stop doing it. But it is a bit of a wrench. It's something that's... Uh, the, so the, for those of you who don't know the entire story Write for Your Life was something that I set up It was You may only listen to the podcast But there is a blog version as well And I started it in 2008 In December 2008 And the reason anyone has any idea About who I am online Is almost 
entirely down to right for your life. And that isn't necessarily a lot of people, by the way, which I will also come on to. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's enough. And, um, and it was through Write for Your Life, and that was what I did. I wrote about writing, and um, I kind of, I wrote useful posts and slightly silly posts, and after two or three years, I kind of decided I wanted to change the format slightly. I changed the design. Then I've got, and then I got published, and I decided actually writeforyourlife.net probably ought to be ianbroom.net. Some of you will know all this. Some of you will have been on this journey with me. Um, and the way things are at the moment is that my my um, website is ianbroom.net.com actually, although they both go to the same place. Um, and um, uh, but the blog, if you go to it then it still says Write for Your Life at the top as kind of a title, but actually the URL is Ian Broom. But I've still been writing about the same sorts of things. Things have changed, but I've still more or less been doing it. Um, and um, and I'm not going to anymore because I, 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 I don't enjoy it very much anymore, frankly. There are lots of other reasons, and don't get me wrong, I will still have a blog on my website, and all those posts will stay, still stay there. Um, but the blog would be more of a of a personal blog. It'll be about what I'm up to. I might put I might have seen something on the internet that I think that you should know about. Um, so I will tell you about that. Um, and it'll be about um, still about writing, but more in the context of what I'm doing and how that how that's kind of changed the way I think about writing, perhaps that kind of thing. Um, and it may include some of the other subjects that I talked about earlier on. And I also might write the odd essay. So it might be um, an essay on, I don't know, having twins, for example. It might be an essay on so- on social media because I'm quite interested at the moment in the idea of digital death and what happens to your to your um, your online legacy when you die and that kind of thing. Quite morose, but um, if I was to write that, you'd understand why I was wanting to look at those subjects. It's, and also it's kind of something I've been looking into at work too. So I'm just, I'll, I'll continue to blog, but I, there'll be no sort of strict schedule, and I'm basically, I refuse to let myself feel guilty for not blogging every single week, which is what I do at the moment. And um, and the truth is, I think the blog will actually be more interesting. I've kind of got tired about writing about writing. I feel like there are only so many tips and tricks that I can possibly suggest when it comes to writing, and to be perfectly honest, there are, I think actually now I've counted, there are 7 million blogs all saying the same thing about writing, and if you want that information, then it is out there, and it's um, and lots of it is good. There are lots of good blogs about writing, um, but for me, um, no more. I won't be writing about it in the same way. But I will be talking about it on the podcast because I think that that's different. I just think that the podcast offers something um, unique. You get to talk to someone else most of the time, not this time. And you can get insights from other people in, in, in uh, on their writing journey, or if it's from the publishing industry. And I think that it, I think that it's an entirely different beast, and in my opinion, much more valuable. And that seems to be the feedback that I get from you people too. Um, so why am I going to do this? It's a bit more of an explanation. Well, f- first, there's the sacrifice issue. Something has to go. And the, the the podcast, if I know that I'm going to record the podcast, although I am recording it at 7 o'clock on a Friday today, but most of the time I record on 9 o'clock on a Wednesday, and I can book people in advance, and I know, I can say to um, my family that um, at 9 o'clock, if you don't mind, I'm going to be here, and um, it'll take me 40 minutes or so, and then I'll be back, 
and I, that's fine. I know that that's going to happen. Blogging, you feel like you have to sort of do it um, whenever you can, and it takes longer than you think, and um, you have this feeling of guilt, like I say, if you don't quite do it enough or well enough. Um, so there's the sacrifice issue. But there's also the statistics, and um, frankly, this, the statistics don't back up the time that it takes to blog. And this is, I'm now speaking from a personal point of view, but I suspect that this goes for quite a lot of other people too. I'm going to come on to this again. I keep saying I'm going to come on to things. I don't know why I'm doing that. I should just actually come on to them. But um, a lot of people on the internet who have blogs, especially people who want to, who quite obviously are trying to grow their blog, and there's nothing wrong with that, who are quite obviously trying to gain a bigger and bigger audience, nothing wrong with that. Um, there's a lot of bluster. There's a lot of nonsense talked, and no one ever really, no one ever really talks about how many people act, excuse me, how many people actually read their blog, how many of their billion subscribers actually read their posts or actually go on and do something with them. Now that's not to say there aren't wonderfully successful blogs out there, but I think if you think about Write for Your Life and about the setup I have here, um, I think that it's reasonably typical of a small a small blog so i would say i would i would say i i own a small blog i know that there are some people listening who might think that that's not the case but in reality there are people with much much bigger blogs than mine um i don't think it's even a small to medium blog it's it's small so i have 2800 total subscribers i'm i'm revealing my stats by the way this is what's happening i'm revealing my stats and i'm using that as an explanation as to why i think personally blogging in the way that I have been, isn't worth it for me. 2,800 total subscribers, 1,800 of those, roughly, and it's, although very closely, it's not far off that at all, being exact, um, are subscribed by RSS. And those people are actually pretty engaged. I would say um, of those 1,800, it's around, um, this is the one stat that I haven't got down perfectly, it's around seven to 800 people um, click on the links. So when they get an RSS, when they get um, a new item coming through from the blog on their RSS feed, around that amount of people, seven to eight hundred, every time I post something, are reading, which is great. I mean, it's not all of them, but you know, it's never going to be all of them. That's fantastic, and those people are fairly engaged. And then there are a thousand who are subscribed by email. So they, every time I post, they get an email delivered. This might be you, by the way. I understand that. Um, of those that thousand, up until recently, only it was about it was slightly less than a thousand, admittedly, but only about a hundred and thirty people were actually clicking, or not not even clicking on any of the links in the post, but were actually opening the email. So they were simply getting rid of it, and we've all done it. If you if you subscribe to something, doesn't matter how wonderful the content is, it's, if you can't be bothered to read it, then you just delete the email without even opening it, don't you? It happens all the time, usually with spam and commercial sort of emails from shops and stuff but but with blogs and things like mine too um that's gone up now to around 200 um i've had a bit of a spurt over the last two months for some reason um so about 200 people out of a thousand are actually even bothering to open the blog posts that i send out um and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not complaining about this in the slightest. And I, like I say, part of the reason I'm telling you this is because I don't think this is a particularly unusual set of statistics. 
but basically it means that less than a thousand out of the out of almost three thousand so it's it's roughly a third but i think slightly less um, of people subscribed to my website are actually engaged in the website which is why i say that in reality it's a small blog um and and the and the reality is that far more people are actually engaged in the podcast it, it feels like um it feels much more like um i get far more feedback but i get people respond in positive ways and say thank you and i get people read uh, listen to the archives things like oh i'm just going through all the old episodes of right for your life i mean good good look <laughs> there's some nonsense in there but you know i get i get a lot more feedback so that's kind of some statistical sort of theory as to why I'm questioning whether it's worth carrying on with blogging, and I've basically decided it's not, at least not in the same way. Um, but also, much of the feedback about my book. So A is for Angelica. If I go back to four years ago when I set up Right for Your Life, the reality is part of the reason I did it was to try and build a platform for my book, uh, which at that point I hadn't got a publisher for, sorry, I hadn't even got an agent for. Um, and, and, and so... It, the, th- the theory has always been what's yes I like writing for writers and I enjoy I've enjoyed blogging I've always had an eye on the idea that well if I get a big enough audience then I'll release a book and all those people will buy it and then I'll become a millionaire which of course is nonsense and that turned out to be the reality I think and just a short interjection here to say that my book is actually doing quite well and I'm pleased I'm not number one on Amazon but I'm actually pleased, very pleased with how it's going as is my publisher and, and my agent but um, the reality I've found is that writers and other people have said this, I know but writers don't buy other writers' books and I think that's just a hard truth that's just how it is and I've found that much of the feedback from my book has been created elsewhere so it's been through my Twitter account and through this podcast, actually, and more than both of those in real life. So going to events and um, word of mouth, frankly, um, and the a lot of the, the, the feedback and most of it has been positive um, has come not through the blog. Don't get me wrong; it might be that the people that follow me on Twitter have found me initially through the blog, and and, and of course it helps. And I'm not saying that the things are completely exclusive, but I I think that writing about writing has had a fairly minimal impact on my ability to sell copies of A's for Angelica. So this is something actually that Joanna Penn, who I'm sure you know, wrote about recently. And let me just switch to my browser. Um, She wrote a blog post called um, Three Reasons for Writers to Have a Blog and Three Reasons Not to. And the reason she says to have one is you want to build a platform. That's fine. That makes sense. I built a platform. Whether I think it has been successful in selling books or not, it is a platform. You want to be part of the blogging community? Again, yep, I feel like I've been part of a blogging community and I'm part of a podcasting community. Those things are true. Number three is your blog is your website. So yeah, for most of the time, the the blog has been my website and it, it is now, although my, my homepage is a list of projects, including the book, but the blog effectively is my website. So yeah, that's all true. There are three reasons not to blog. And these are all the ones that I agree with. You want instant results. So, I mean, this is absolutely true. So I've been blogging for four years. I admit I've not done a lot of the things that you're told to do, like blog every day and write list posts all the time. I'm going to come on to that shortly again, my favourite topic. Um, um, and so I haven't seen instant results. It's taken quite a bit of time. But importantly, she says here, 
Starting a blog is unlikely to have a significant immediate impact on your book sales or your freelancing commissions. And as I said earlier, my current situation in life, and what it will be for some years, I believe, um, is that um, book sales and commissions in the sense that, well, when I'm, I'm not a freelancer, but in work, basically, are the most important things. And if blogging isn't going to have an, an, an impact on that, then I really need to question why I'm sacrificing um, important stuff in my life in order to do it. Number five, or the number two of things, reasons not to uh, have a blog. Uh, you're promoting a fiction book. It's much harder to promote fiction than non-fiction through a blog. And of course it is, because if you write non-fiction, then the blog is probably about the topic that your book will be about. So all the people reading will be interested. When it comes to fiction, you know, people <laughs> people come into my site. Well, let's put it this way. Writers, including myself, really, when it comes down to it, 99% care about their own writing and very little about anyone else's, apart from perhaps as a reader, um, in terms of reading specifically the kind of books they want to read. Now, I, I, I will say here that I do almost always support bloggers who I follow on the internet. So, and this is partly because I'm a blogger myself with a book. So there are loads of people who I follow, blogs who I follow, who've released a book, fiction or non-fiction, and I have bought it. But I won't say that I read all of them, because frankly some of them just aren't my thing and that's completely fine it's entirely fine and I'm sure that my novel isn't their thing either and I wouldn't expect them to read something that they don't want to read but the reality is that I would always buy their book because I know that it's that's um, that it's harder to promote fiction or non-fiction um, sorry it's harder to promote fiction uh, through a blog but um, by the same token, it's hard to sell anything through a blog. So I always try and support people, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And number six, which is actually number three of reasons not to um, have a blog, is that um, if you want to make money. So if you're a keen blog reader, says Joanna, you've probably come across the concept of pro-blogging, blogging with the intention of making money. And some writers are attracted to this, but um, basically it doesn't often work out. And I would say... More or less, never works out. There are very, very few people making any sort of reasonable money from blogging. So that's what Joanne has to say, and I agree with her. So back to pro blogging, and I apologise if I'm going to be a bit rude here, but I think the whole idea is a bit of a myth. Not just a myth, but um, the idea you basically have a load of people who write, they they, they create ebooks showing you how to make ebooks, and whilst Whilst providing information is fine, the people who have made an ebook, having read the book about making ebooks, will then make an ebook themselves about how they made their ebook. And the whole goal for all of those people is simply just to try and make money and fleece people. And who cares what the content is like? And still, even now in 2013, there is this pro blogging myth that anyone can make money from blogging, and all you have to do is put a few. Th- Piece, you know, collect your blog posts and present them in an ebook. That's rubbish. That's a rubbish product. I tried it. I did it as an audiobook, and 18 people bought it. So this is something. Going back to my statistics here, I did an audiobook of previous blog posts. How lazy is that? I thought it was slightly different because it was audio, but basically it was because I hadn't got time to write a proper book that wasn't the one that I was already writing. That was the thing that I cared about the the novel. And um, I thought, well, I thought this is fine. I've got 2,000-something 
hundred subscribers. This is going to make me at least a few hundred pounds. And 18 people bought it. And I apologise to those 18 people because the product was a bit rubbish. <laughs> and you can have your money back if you want because it wasn't much. Um, but pro-blogging, this whole concept of if you write blog posts in a certain way, if you if you um, if you blog every, every if you blog every day, if you do all these kinds of things, if you have your things in certain positions on your blog, then you will become successful and a blog millionaire. This myth is sold all the time, and frankly, it's a cottage industry full of blogs that tell people lies to try and sell some bullshit e-product. There's no substance to it, and frankly, I've had enough of it, so that's it. Um, and this is the bit that might be a bit controversial, I kind of don't care. The perfect example of this is the Best Blogs for Writers Awards, which I was actually, I think, although I might be, I might be overselling myself here, I was certainly nominated one year, I think I might have even got into the top 10 or top 20 one year. But when when the awards were actually much smaller, and um, basically it's a giant willy waving contest. So what this is, this is um, people get to vote on the best blogs for writers. The, the awards happen every year, and one of the big blogs, <laughs> who'd have thought, one of the bigger blogs um, says, right, time to vote for the best blogs for writers this year. And people go away and they write on their blogs, oh, can you vote for me for best blogs for writers awards? And then. Who'd have thought it? The blogs that already have the most people following them, the most subscribers, the most people um, leaving comments, they're the ones that become the best blogs for writers again, and they're the ones who perpetuate their own um, success. So this entire awards, it seems to me, is set up for that kind of system. Now that's not the fault of the people who do it because I have some who, what I would call good internet friends who win regularly and their blogs are great. So it's not a criticism of the content, it's a criticism of the system and the idea that, hey, anyone can do this. It's not true. Anyone can't do this. You need to already have a successful blog, which you probably started in 2004 in order to do this. Slight rant. So... I've had enough of this. I want to put stuff on the internet because I like it, because I'm proud of it, and because I think other people like it. And the tipping point for me, believe it or not, was the most successful article that I've written in about two years. So recently I put something on the website, and it's called something along the lines of seven, uh, seven articles about using Goodreads as an author. So basically, I had uh, I was trying to work out how I could use Goodreads better. I went away and found some blogs, posts, which all they all pretty much said the same thing, frankly. So again, this is the problem: you have the same blog, but all you have this people basically repeating the same information. There must be so much plagiarism that goes on. Um, but um, you know, I'm not going to be the person that investigates that. So. I wrote seven articles about Goodreads, and I basically it was like this one, this one does this, this one says this, this one says this, and I just pressed publish. I wrote it in about twenty minutes, and before I pressed publish, I read it and I thought, oh, this is not what I want to do. What's this? There are so many people writing the same thing, and the information is useful. It is actually quite useful to have a collection of links to other articles about about how to use goodreads it's not like it isn't it's not like i don't recognize that what i wrote was useful 
But I thought, it's not what I want to do. I don't want to do this. But I hit publish anyway. And lo and behold, I've it's been the most tweeted and sort of visited blog post I've written for ages. Which I appreciate. I'm not complaining about that. But it's not it's not really me anymore and it's not kind of what I see myself doing in the future. I would rather spend more time instead of doing other people's research and again that's fine. I don't mind doing that because I have a blog about writing so that's kind of my job. But I guess what I'm saying is I don't really want it to be my job anymore. Um, so it's so it's not going to be um, certainly not through the blog, but it might be through the it might be through the podcast. So I might do an episode on Goodreads, for example, which I hope would be very useful, and I think I'd be much happier with doing it that way. Um, so yeah, you can still support me. You can st- you can support the blog. You can follow me, and you can listen to the podcast. Um, and if you want to do that via money, then that's fine. But the best way to do it is obviously to buy my novel. But I'm not going to be putting out any kind of um, any blog posts really anymore that I don't believe in. So, um, and I hope that that's a, I hope that that's a good reason for doing this. I hope that that's a good. You may not agree with me. You may think, well, that's just me being slightly petulant about complaining that people are actually visiting a blog post about good reason on my website. And I can understand that, and that's fine. But I hope you understand that if I don't personally believe in it, then I probably shouldn't be doing it. So um, there are lots of ways to... I'm not going to suddenly disappear. In fact, I hope I'm kind of with Chatbroom, which is much easier to produce and more interesting and, I think, more fun and a bit different. Um, you know, I'm still there, but I won't be doing... I won't be writing about writing in the same way, basically. I've kind of said that, so I won't go over that again. In fact, I'm going to take a little sip of coffee here. It's not coffee. What am I talking about? It's tea. Mmm. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know why I said coffee. I never drink coffee. <coughs> mm. See, the bad news here <coughs> is that that went down the wrong hole. <coughs> and um, <coughs> because it's early in the morning, <coughs> I don't have a lot of... <coughs> <coughs> Time to edit this because I need to put it out today because I'm going to Copenhagen tomorrow. <clears throat> so I probably shouldn't have risked taking the tea <coughs> and have it get, having it go down the wrong hole. So unfortunately, you've got to listen to that last thirty seconds, which must be thirty of the most unpleasant seconds ever released into the wild. Okay, sorted. Back to chat room. So that's kind of my rationale for what's uh, why I've decided to change things up. And I think underpinning this, I think it was the first thing I first thing I said actually, but it is the most important thing probably, um, is that it's a matter of sacrifice. Something has to go. So it's not that I, it's not that I'm desperately unhappy and ashamed of my blog, but something has to go. And that for those reasons I said it seems like the most logical thing, and I don't enjoy it in the way that I feel like I should. Back to chat room. So chat room is something that I think I will enjoy, and so far I have enjoyed it. Um, but why the audio format? Well, I've loved doing the podcasts, and I've loved doing it more and more. I feel like I've got better at it. I'm still having problems. <clears throat> I feel like I've got better at it. I feel like the shows have been better in this last season with with guests. I think it adds another dimension. Um, the guests that I've had on it, no disrespect to the wonderful Mike Hurley from 70 Decibels, um, um, who is probably the greatest person on the internet, um, but because the guests have had more of a writing background, I think it's helped, um, and and it's been great. And I like doing audio, and it can be done quickly and easily. Yeah, the podcast, this podcast, I can do at a specific time, like I say. 
but I'm using AudioBoo to do Chatroom, and I do that with my phone. So AudioBoo is a social platform for audio, um, and it's like a social network type thing as well. Um, and all I have to do is, if I have an idea, is find a quiet place or not, um, and use my phone. I can do it like this as well with a fancy microphone and, and upload it via the via my computer. But um, I think most of the the episodes will probably be done with my phone when I'm on the move, and they'll last between I don't know four and six minutes. I will be doing some longer versions, so I probably will do some interviews and I will maybe do longer episodes, but they'll be less frequent. Um, and uh, the most of them will be will be short, and I kind of see it as a, more of it's going to be an, an audio blog where I talk about what's going on in the world, in in the world of publishing, in the world of technology, social media, um, writing. Um, but I also see it as an opportunity to let you in behind the scenes, I guess, a little bit, because um, I'm going to be writing my second novel throughout 2013. I've, I have started um, in earnest, um, and I see it as a bit of a uh, chat room as being a bit of a diary, uh, sort of a diary of a working writer almost. And um, hopefully, you'll go through my highs and lows of writing my second novel. And hopefully, if you're a reader of mine, if you know me because you've read A.S. Frangelica and you like it, then that will be quite interesting, and it will add a, another dimension to um, the the second novel when it comes out, all being well in the future. Um, so it's a new project. That's always a good thing as well. It's a new project and it's on a different platform. Um, and I think audio is a great way to communicate ideas. You can do it quickly and easily, like I say. And I think it helps get personality across as well. Um, so I can just kind of be myself, and hopefully that comes across and and and, and adds to um, well, well adds to the reading, I guess. So like I say, the idea is that this is a better way of helping. Um, communicate with people who are reading my book. So there are, you know, not not an insignificant amount of people who've read A.S. Rangelica who have no idea about the blog, and I have no real way of contacting them and speaking to them, but this might be a way. I might also use YouTube more as well, actually. So at the moment I'm releasing... Epi- um, um, I'm filming myself reading chapters of A.S. Rangelica one by one throughout the year and posting them to YouTube, but I might also do some more um, um, YouTube stuff... Um, kind of chat room for video almost um, and I think it means I can talk about a wider range of subjects as I said earlier things like design, things that I'm interested in and that I've got some skills in believe it or not um, uh, but don't really have the opportunity to sit down and write a thousand word article on um, every week so I'm looking forward to chat room and I'm going to leave this here because I think I've said enough and I think you've listened to one person's voice enough so this is where it's going I'm not going to be blogging in the same way if you're subscribed to the blog, stay subscribed. It will still hopefully be relevant. I'm not just suddenly going to start posting, I don't know, some something awful <laughs> or, 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 or completely rubbish. It'll still be relevant, but it might not be with the same sort of consistency and it won't always be about writing, basically. Um, but Chatroom, that's the place to go. Chatroom.com. And, of course, to stay subscribed to Write for Your Life, the podcast, which is going to be still hosted by 70 Decibels, the wonderful... Mike at Centre Decibels, as I say, it's none of that is changing. Um, but Chatroom is the new thing. Chatroom.com, you can subscribe in all, on Audioboo, you can subscribe in iTunes, you can subscribe in Instacast and all the other podcatchers, or whatever they're called. And, um, and, and I hope that you enjoy it. And if anyone has any ideas for shows, then get in touch and let me know. Um, and if anyone has any 
thoughts on any of the things that I've said today, then please let me know either on Twitter or you can, uh, you can, with a giant dose of irony, go to the blog because I will still be posting episodes of the podcast to the blog. Um, just so there is a central place to keep the archive. Um, so I will post this episode on ianbroom.com um, and if you find it and you can leave a comment in there. But I'd be interested to know what you think about some of the stuff that I said about blogging. So you may be an author and you may be thinking about setting up your own blog. Um, you may be, <clears throat> you may have a blog that's similar to mine. You may have the same kind of concerns as me. Or you might think that I, I sound like some bitter nit and you want to disagree with what I say. All of that is fair enough, and feel free to tell me about it. But you can also just say these things on Twitter very quickly if you want to, too. Um, so, yes, that's it. And speaking of Twitter, you can find me there on, um, not on, at Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. And, as I say, you can find me at ianbroom.com to find out about my book, A's for Angelica, and to go through old blog posts, of which there will be very few future blog posts about writing. And chatroom. Go to chatroom.com. Have I said that enough? Have I said go to chatroom.com enough? Let me count. Must have been... I must have said it 63 times. I think that's probably enough. I shall speak to you soon.